We're back for our first episode after YYGS. So welcome to the fourth episode of Asian Students Speak Out. We are your hosts. I'm Martin, a rising senior from Toronto, Canada. I'm Yoja, and I am a 17-year-old Chinese-American based in New York, United States. The topic of today's episode is the origins of Godzilla and how the United States affected Japanese culture and Japanese people post-World War II. We will start off talking about Godzilla and how Godzilla is well known to many Americans um, as this monster supernatural being that is trying to destroy or roam around a city. Um, but what is less well known is that Godzilla is based on God Gojira, excuse me, which is a monster metaphor for the atomic bombings um, on the two Japanese cities, Hiroshima and Nagasaki in World War II. And Gojira was a metaphor for the Japanese people, and it was their way to convey their trauma and their grief and the pain that they had to endure due to the atomic bombing attacks. Gojira was a Japanese film released in 1954. And during this time, or there was um, American uh, overseeing like different Japanese affairs, trying to help rebuild quote-unquote Japan and steer them towards American values of democracy. Martin will talk more about the American uh, goals for occupying Japan after World War II. So I'm going to focus on the film and how the original Japanese film in 1954 of Gojira was this dinosaur that after being aggravated by a bomb, a hydrogen bomb, um, it rose up from the seas and its folded and creased skin resembled the burning wounds and scars that many Japanese civilians had on their skin as a result of the atomic bombs. This Gajir metaphor was an extension of the mental anxieties and the physical and mental trauma that many Japanese people had to struggle with and had to contend with um, due to the consequences of, world, of the war and of the brutal brutality of the atomic bombs and the series of multiple bombings on Japanese cities. Um, and through Gajira, we are able to, to really see the consequences on the civilians and how they viewed the atomic bombings. Even now, many people still have yet to understand how Japanese civilians suffered from the atomic bombings. Like while this event took a global presence, it was very personal to them. And in the Time magazine that we have cited down below, which I really recommend checking out, um, it shares 
many experiences of Japanese people and survivors. In Japan, the Japanese people have coined the term hibakusha、um, to refer to atomic bomb survivors. And hibakusha, in the literal meaning, translates to bomb affected people. And in the Time magazine, some of the stories that、um, we We read is that these were little children, that these people were children when this event happened. And in Nagasaki, for example, a lot of them weren't expecting this, this event. It was, very, it was a huge shock. And some individuals describe how they saw scabs form over people's bodies, how people. After the, the bomb, they, had, they saw people having intense, suffering intense burning injuries on their skin or their skin peeling off of their bodies.、Um, some individuals lost their, he- lost their sense of hearing. And towards the beginning, there was one person who mentioned how his mother,、um, how after, after the attack, Glass shards would grow from her skin. And this is something important to keep in mind that the atomic bombing of Hiroshima killed 140,000 Japanese civilians of the 350,000 population of the city. And in Nagasaki, 74,000 people, at least 74,000 people, perished in the blast. In one of the people's stories in the Time magazine, she shared how there were leaflets、um, scattered across Nagasaki. However, the Japanese Imperial Army、um, tried to co- collect them, and a lot of the citizens also didn't really understand what was going on.、Um, And I read a Washington Post article about the idea of the leaflets, whether if this was an effective way of warning the Japanese people of、um, evacuating the city because a bomb, like an atomic bomb, is going to be dropped. And the Washington Post article brought up how、um, that the Japanese people weren't effectively warned. Because many people believe when they hear of that the American government dropped leaflets of how President Truman gave a speech、um, trying to warn people of the mass destructive scale of the atomic bombs. It's important to keep in mind that at this time, other Japanese cities were being bombed frequently. And to Japanese civilians, there might not have seemed to be some special reason to pay attention to the leaflets or to、um, President Truman's warning. Combined with this deep sense of shock and a similar sense of a deep betrayal of humanity, of killing many innocent civilians in the face of war. In the present time, Uh, president Obama became the first sitting U.S. president to visit Hiroshima, and he met with some survivors of the attack. 
And now Japan is considered one of US's closest allies. And how we got to this position is something that was a result of the American forces in Japan after World War II and what they tried to do for the towards the Japanese people and the Japanese culture. Just to dive a little deeper into the nuclear bombings of Japan in 1945, I will explain the numerous decisions made by the American government, the Manhattan Project, and Japanese actions that led to history unfolding. First, the development of the bombs stemmed from the Manhattan Project in 1939. A group of scientists situated in many secret cities in, around North America planned this project. In 1940, the US government began funding its own atomic weapons development program, which came under the joint responsibility of the Office of Scientific Research and Development and the War Department after the US entry into World War II. The US Army Corps of Engineers was tasked with spearheading the construction of the vast facilities necessary for the top secret program. Japan, however, vowed to fight until the bitter end in the Pacific. Despite clear indications as early as 1944 that they had little chance of winning. Between mid-April 1945, when President Harry Truman took office, and mid-July, Japanese forces infli inflicted Allied casualties totaling nearly half of those who suffered in three years of war in the Pacific, proving that Japan had become even more deadly when faced with defeat. An interesting fact about President Harry Truman was that President Roosevelt did not tell Truman about the Manhattan Project when it began. Later, Truman discovered this project himself after taking office. An alternative to dropping the nuclear bomb was an operation called Downfall, a landing much bigger than D-Day with the goal of ultimately reaching the Emperor of Japan and forcing him to surrender. American generals advised that Truman to Truman that such an invasion would result in U.S. casualties of up to one million. Because of multiple predictions, like casualty numbers, and the growing threat of spreading communism from the USSR, and Japan predicting the landing spots chosen by the Americans, that the decision to drop the bombs were made. At noon of August 15, 1945 Japanese time, Emperor Hirohito announced his country's surrender in a radio broadcast. The news spread quickly and victory in Japan, or VJ Day, celebrations broke out across the United States and other allied nations. It is estimated that roughly 70,000 to 135,000 people died in Hiroshima and 60,000 to 80,000 people died in Nagasaki, both from acute exposure from the blasts and from long-term effects of radiation. Now going back a bit in time in World War II, on February 19, 1942, President Roosevelt signed Executive Order 9066 to incarcerate people under suspicion as enemies to inland intermittent camps. The vast majority of those incarcerated in 1942 were of Japanese descent, many of them naturalized citizens, second and third generation Americans. Internees who fought and celebrated the 422nd Regiment were coerced by the United States military to prove their loyalty to a country that locked them up for simply being Japanese. 
And even though Japanese culture has greatly shifted in the post-war era, the hatred and racial discrimination towards Japanese citizens still exist around the world.